What's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. We might get Terrence uh, as we go. He was having some internet problems. Uh, he might be coming in hot on the episode. It's funny because originally it was supposed to be just me and Terrence because Micah wasn't supposed to be here tonight. Then Micah happened to show up yep. and Terrence might not be able to do it. So we'll yeah, find yeah. out what happens. You uh, never know. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 you never see us in the same place at the same time. It's <laughs> it's, uh, it's a light week, but it's a fun week this week. I really am looking forward to talking about uh, this week's top of the week, as I'm sure Micah is as well. And yes. Terrence will be um, if he gets to join us because he had some some we were chatting with each other while this was going on. It was a really good time. Um, I would like to remind everyone that Burnout Paradise is fucking awesome. And somehow <laughs> and somehow I don't feel like that game truly got its due back when it came out because I bought Paradise Remastered. It was on sale on PlayStation for five dollars last week, which is an unbeatable price. I said, let's try it. And I've been playing it a bunch this week, and just five minutes into playing that game reminded me of how just fucking perfect of a racing game it is. It's just fun to ride around the city. Uh, the sense of speed that the game gives you is fantastic. I spent probably three, four, five hours playing so far. Eighty mm-hmm. percent of that time has been just fucking free roaming, just you know, looking for gates and billboards and super jumps and all that shit. Very, yeah, like, very little time playing events. Yeah, like the races are a pain in the ass compared <laughs> to everything else. You know what I mean? Like I want to, I want to, I want to play the takedowns, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to free roam and just find all the you know bust through billboards and stuff. You know what I mean? I want to open the city up. It's uh, awesome. That game is really, really, really good, and it came out with um, just a ton of like they really supported that game. They did, and and the remastered. Not only does it come with all that stuff, but all the bonus cars are unlocked from the get go. Um, Big Surf Island is unlocked from the get go. Uh, it's it's fantastic. It's so much fun. I haven't even. Un- I don't think I've unlocked the Showtime uh, feature yet. The crash mode, mm-hmm. basically, unless I just forget how to do it. Um, I haven't even ventured into any of the online content. Haven't even tried doing. Uh, really any of the burning routes or any of the fucking, you know, the best, the best time, you know, online times and stuff like that. Uh, it's just been fun riding around the city. That game's really fucking good. Yeah. It's and, the best arcade racer I've ever played. Well, and by most people's accounts, it's not even the best burnout game from what I understand. <laughs> really? Yeah. Apparently, apparently, I think it's, I think it's burnout three takedown is the one that most people prefer. Oh, uh, takedown was fun though. Yeah. So, but it's, it's fucking awesome. Um, it's, it's not on sale anymore, but, uh, if you have not picked, if you've never played burnout paradise, you should probably do that. I know you can find it for under, under $20 relatively easily. Uh, it is well worth that price. If you, if you miss the sale, if it comes back on sale again for five, don't even think about it. Yeah. Just fucking do it. Um, but yeah, that's all. That's all. I've been playing nothing else except for that for this past week or so. Yeah. I just. Uh, continue to play Final Fantasy X. Uh, look, man, I know you're not a fan of that game. Mm. That game is that game is fun, man. I, I love that game. I love the fact that it is like it's a it's it's got different layers to it, as like pompous as that is. Like it's a fucking Final Fantasy game, but it talks about like uh uh the father son dynamic and and look maybe that's why maybe that's why i like it a lot 
because the main character is kind of estranged from his father. Not that I'm estranged from my father, but the main character's father is a bit of a dick, and I can relate to that. So <laughs> it talks about it talks about like religion versus atheism, and like spoiler alert, you fight God at the end of that game. Like like there's one character who's hyper religious. Like he's blind to his religion and he he shuns the atheists because they use technology and he's like, nope, we can't use technology because the their version of the Bible says we can't use it. And, you know, they get an atheist on their team and he doesn't know because, you know, it it's it's not about it, it all and all of a sudden he thinks he he doesn't like this girl and he feels duped. And it's like, well, wait a minute, bro. You liked her five minutes ago before you found out she was an atheist. And now, you, you know, you're acting like a dick. Like, this game is really good. Now, some of this shit is very heavy-handed, right? Like, one of the main, uh, one of the main... You mean, to tell, me, you mean to tell me that the Japanese storytelling <laughs> process has difficulty with nuance and subtlety? Oh, well, you tell me, Brad. One of the main forces, evil forces that you have to fight its name is Sin. Oh. <laughs> Sin is this monster that keeps coming back every 10 years because, uh, and Sin is our our penance for all the ill that we've done over the past 10 years. So we have to get a summoner who's basically a priest to come and, and rid the world of sin. Speaking of priests, their version of the priest, like the, the main antagonist, is is a priest who kills his dad because he wants more power like it's yo whoever wrote final fantasy 10 is very clearly an atheist and thinks religion is <laughs> fucking dumb because <laughs> you fight god at the end of it well look i've never i've never uh i've never shied away from why i don't like 10 my reasons for disliking that game are very superficial i can't stand the voice acting it's fucking terrible and i don't really care for any of the characters i played i played through half to two-thirds of final fantasy 10 and it just wasn't my jam look i I look i i i can't say anything about the voice acting it's (laughs) atrocious it just is but uh if you've never played it uh give it a shot man it's you can i think right now well, probably not right now. I don't know when this current sale is over, but um, oh, probably it, uh, to, it's tonight's. If, if you're catching this like the minute we release this podcast, you can still get it. But if it's Tuesday, you're probably not gonna be able to. So. If you if you're uh, if you're a hyper fan and you catch this show the second it drops, you can still go and get Final Fantasy X and X two on sale for like ten dollars on uh, on uh, PlayStation Four. And it's available on Switch, which is what I'm playing it on, and because um, I, I want to play it on the go. It's a perfect game on the go. If you if you got a trip or something, uh, just pop that in and uh, have fun. All right. So, uh, and some new release highlights this week. There's not really much to go over. Uh, Poyo Poyo Champions comes out for the PS4 and Nintendo Switch. Uh, Saints Row the Third, the full package, comes on Nintendo Switch. Did I feel like we missed this story um, um, when they I announced know- it? I knew it was coming. I just didn't know when it was coming. Like I remember them announcing it because it was. I don't know why it, they're even bothering doing this. They announced it a long time ago because it's like, see, we've got mature games, right? But like mature games, not like 
frat boy mature. You know what I mean? Not dildo bat mature. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy Saints Row the Third. It's uh, probably the second best Saints Row. But um, yeah, all right. You know, the full package. Sure. So if for some reason you've been waiting 10 years to play Saints Row 3. Uh, there it is. And uh, new month means new free games on PlayStation Plus. Uh, this week you get What Remains of Edith Finch, uh, which is a critically regarded game from the same folks that did The uh, the Unfinished Swan. And then uh, Overcooked, the first one. So if you have not played Overcooked, if you have a uh, person that you live with or uh, that you game with frequently, I think it's couch only co-op. So it has to be someone that's there with you. Um, significant other, something like that. You should definitely check out Overcooked, a fantastic co-op game. Uh, that will test these strains of your friendship and relationship as you scream at each other uh, to fulfill food orders. So, decent month for PlayStation Plus. Uh, some quick hit news. Epic Games uh, continues their hostile takeover of the of the gaming market. Uh, they have acquired Psionics, uh, the developers behind the mega hit uh, Rocket League last week. Uh, now, the Big rumor was that since, you know, result of this acquisition was that they were going to pull Rocket League from the Steam store. Uh, and they have said that that is not the case. Um, and so it, they they said they haven't outlined any plans one way or the other for Steam. Um, Cyanix is saying that uh, nothing's going to change at all with this acquisition. You're still going to get the same frequent updates and new uh, features and stuff like that. And in the long term, the game this obviously brings Rocket League to the Epic Game Store uh, and hopefully helps them with future content for the game down the road. Micah, uh, what do you think about this deft maneuver from Epic? Um, I I don't I don't care. <laughs> um, look, I, I, this is America. Uh, you know, we are, we are not, uh, the, the type of people that, um, that complain generally about corporations doing what corporations do and acquiring other smaller corporations in order to make more money. That's just kind of what they do. Um, I don't necessarily like it, but I'm not mad at them for doing it. Um, I mean, this could be a situation where Psionics was just, I don't want to say in over their head, but the game, I mean, this was a mega successful game. Yeah. And perhaps that they don't have the desire or the know-how to manage the studio as it has to like grow in size and st- stuff like that. Or if they want to take on other projects um, besides Rocket League while continuing to support that game as well. So having the infrastructure uh, with a company like Epic in place probably is useful uh, for a smaller developer like Psionics. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I understand that, like, I know everybody hates uh, when they hear that a corporation just kind of bought out their favorite developer because they think that, like, it's going to, you know, they think they're going to, they think they're going to be like EA and just kind of <laughs> suck them for everything that they're I, worth. I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't think Epic's going to touch them in any way shape or form like yeah. just keep doing what you're doing and if anything i wouldn't be shocked to see some sort of like crossover now with Fortnite in some way shape or form maybe for an event yeah or something like that so yeah so this is probably the best thing for them yeah. uh speaking of the best things i'm not sure about this being the best thing for anybody so here here's a collection of words that you never expected to say in the year 2019 <laughs> There's a new Earthworm Jim game in development 
by members of the original Earthworm Jim team. Earthworm Jim first came out back in 1994, by the way, guys. Uh, the title is going to be exclusive to the new Atari and television console, which is launching in October of 2020. And of course, this is being spearheaded uh, by the, the guy who is basically spearheading this console, Tommy Tallarico, formerly of uh, of of the Virtual Playground or the fuck that game that show is called on G4, yeah, uh, and the dude that does all the video game con- Electric Playground is what. It yeah, was Jesus Christ, Tommy Tallarico. I haven't heard that name in forever. What a weird fucking just collection of news. Um, what are your thoughts on Earthworm Jim? I don't think anyone gives like. Do you think the kids of today are like, whoa, new Earthworm Jim game? Like they don't know what the fucking Earthworm Jim is. I gotta tell you, man, I always thought Earthworm Jim was overrated. Uh, I think I think the the character got a lot got by a lot on its design. Uh, I don't think the game itself was incredibly good. Um, it was just okay. I remember thinking fondly of it because it seemed to get a lot of cover in like Game Pro and shit like that. Yeah, like there was a like there was a time when Earthworm Jim was hot shit in the video game industry, man. And I just I didn't get it. Like I had I played Earthworm Jim. I just I, I, I it I didn't get it, man. Like it's just that why like why if you're gonna do this, all right, fine. Why make it exclude? Like, do you really think that Earthworm Jim is going to move uh, in television <laughs> Amico units to, right. to anybody? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think anyone's like, man, I was really on the fence about the new television console. Now that Earthworm Jim is coming, here's my money. <laughs> and I've got $180 with your name on it. New Atari company. So. Uh. Very weird. Very, 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 very weird. Um, I don't like was, the uh, I don't like the look of this concept art of the Intellivision Amico either. It looks like two iPod second generation <laughs> iPods in a dock next to each other. We'll yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see. I I'm not um okay. Uh, <laughs> I I saw some people like they were super excited for this because who. Well, I think I think people are falling into that nostalgia trap. No, we're going to we're going to we're going to talk we're going to talk about the the fucking trap of nostalgia soon uh, in, in another story. Um, so we we mentioned Saints Row. There's going to be a Saints Row movie apparently that's coming out soon, and uh, it's being directed by F. Gary Gray, a yeah. director that I like a lot. I like a lot of his films. F. Gary Gray is. Um... For those of you that don't know, uh, his biggest claim to fame is directing um, straight out of Compton. I think he got the most like accolades for doing that. But he also did like Law Abiding Citizen and Fast and Furious 8 and set it off. The Italian job. Here's the thing with F. Gary Gray. He does. He is a journeyman director, right? That's he a does, great. That's a great term. For for that for that uh, for I I could I don't think I could put it any better. Yeah, he just makes he just makes movies, and the movies that he makes, you're like, oh okay, that was kind of good. It's nothing that'll blow my socks off, but it's not bad. Friday, all right, of the time it was great. Set it off of the time 
It was great. The negotiator still holds up. Don't you don't you fucking speak ill on the negotiator? Put some respect on its name. Look, I'm not. I'll watch the negotiator. I'll watch the Italian job. It's just it's just a quaint little heist movie. It's very quaint, very (laughs) old school. You know, a man apart. Be cool. Law-abiding citizen. I don't know what Sea of Trees is. Straight out of Compton. Great. Right. Just did Fate, Fate of the Furious. Fate and the Furious. All right. Men in Black International. That looks pretty good. All right. He was. Also, he also got started in in music videos. Um. He did. Uh, it was a good day. He also did the the fucking awesome Fantastic Voyage, uh, video from Coolio, yeah. uh, which yeah. I still remember distinctly. <laughs> um, the fucking tricycle shit. Um. <laughs> MTV used to be awesome back in the day. Yeah, God, I play music. Got him as Beavs and Butthead. What a fantastic show! Uh, you know what? I was more of a Daria person myself. Fair enough. I mean, that's like Beavs and Butthead. Like I enjoyed, it, and then that also exposed me to you know some of the best music videos. So yeah, I was uh, I was totally fine with that. I didn't realize that Gary Gray directed Be Cool. Yeah, uh, which was a fantastically uh, anticipated but ultimately let down of a movie. Yeah, The Rock sure. played like a gay hitman or something in that. The movie. Rock, The Rock was arguably one of the best parts of that entire film. He really was. He really was. Like this is no, like this isn't an apocalypse. There's no rock shade on here. Like <laughs> he was, he was all right, man. So, but yeah, so the Saint Tro video game uh, or Saint Tro video game, Saint Tro movie, uh, F. Gary Gray. Look, that the 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 movie is probably going to. I hope it's going to be as ridiculous as the games are. And F. Gary Gray has proven that he is able to direct. Uh, movies where ridiculous things happen. If you've never seen Law Abiding Citizen, that movie's fucking insane. <laughs> that movie is fucking crazy. <laughs> it's like it's like a it's it's like a fucking non horror version of Saw, basically. Yeah, that's what yeah. that fucking film is. <laughs> it's a trip, man. So. Like, it, <laughs> but it's good. It's like, oh, okay, I'll watch this. Yeah. So I really hope he leans into the later Saints Row like games um, where things are just wacky. Like in Saints Row 3, the gang is so popular from the events of Saints Row 1 and 2 that they've kind of marketed themselves and like they 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 do the stereotypical rapper thing like if if Jay-Z started out selling drugs and then became this media mogul. Like that's what Saint the Saint the Third Street Saints did. Mm-hmm. And um, I hope he leans into the silly uh, of this movie. And he must cast Daniel Day Kim. If he doesn't cast Daniel Day Kim as Johnny Gat, I'm not seeing this movie. Uh, there, right. there, there also has to be a, a very large uh, purple dildo in at least one scene. Has yes, to be absolutely. Has to be. Uh, one of my favorite uh, yearly segments we do in the show is when they announce the World Video Game Hall of Fame inductees. We missed the nominations this year, uh, but we did not miss the inductees. Uh, the the games nominated that did not make it in uh, were Candy Crush Saga, Centipede, DDR, Half-Life, Mist, uh, the NBA 2K series, Sid Meier Civilization, and Super Smash Brothers Melee. Uh, there were four games that did make it in this year. The first, uh, Colossal Cave Adventure, is a was a text-based game that debuted in 1976, a little bit before our time. Yes. Uh, the second is a game that probably everyone listening to this podcast has played at one point or another in their life, uh, Microsoft Solitaire. So, I, you know, it, it, it does belong there. It does belong there. 
Does it though? Yeah, it does. I mean, again, this isn't the best video games. These are, you know, the Hall of Fame or the most famous video games. And you'd be hard pressed to argue that, you know, PC Solitaire was not played by everybody. Yeah, I guess. Uh, it just feels like a bit of a, it feels like a bit of a cheat. You know, it's a, it's an established card game just in digital form, but all right, uh, I guess. Uh, the two most relevant to our interest, uh, the original Mortal Kombat, uh, was inducted this year, uh, and Super, Super Mario Kart was inducted this year. Now, I have a bit of qualms with both of these. So, it, so it, to be clear, this is not the Mortal Kombat series. This is the original game. And this isn't the Mario Kart series. This is the original game. And if you notice that in the list of nominations, uh, I did mention Super Smash Brothers Melee specifically. It's not the Smash Brothers series. It's Super Smash Brothers Melee. Don't you think Mortal Kombat 2 and Mario Kart 64 would have been better choices? Yeah, I do. Because they were the ones that kind of... They were... I won't say that... I won't say that the original Mortal Kombat didn't break through. It did, but Mortal Kombat 2 was an improvement on every level. And um, I guess the original one gets the nod because of the controversy that it stirred up. Yeah. Um, I don't know how fucking Super Mario Kart is on this list over Mario Kart 64. <laughs> I really don't understand. I didn't... I like, I played Super Mario Kart back in the day when it first came out. I didn't own it. Um, I played it that friends had it, but Mario Kart 64 was a fucking phenomenon. Yeah, when that game released, it's it's it is very difficult to those of you that are too young to remember uh, to understate the impact. It, and it's funny because it didn't sell that great, but but understanding the impact of the Nintendo sixty four in terms of local uh, gaming with your friends when that game released, and it really boils down to three games specifically. Uh, one of them was GoldenEye slash Perfect Dark. Uh, one of them was the WCW NWO stable of wrestling games. At least for people of a certain uh, <laughs> a certain fandom, yeah. and the other one was Mario Kart sixty four. And yeah. so, yeah, that that probably should have been the pick over Super Mario Kart. I think. I remember um, I used to work at a at an after school daycare. Um, you know, because it was an elementary school, kids um, kids would would hang around until their parents were able to pick them up at six o'clock or whatever. I was the fucking cool guy because I'm a cool guy. And and I would bring in my Nintendo 64 and I bought, you know, four controllers and and those kids would play uh, Mario Kart, stuff like that. Mario Kart brought out a certain competitive competitiveness that I've never seen in children (laughs) until then, you know, like it's. It, it friendships were tested <laughs> playing that damn game. So, like you said, I, I think a decent slate of inductions again. We can't speak to the text adventure game. Um, and solitaire, fine. Like you're always going to get one of those every year. It seems like, but uh, but yeah, should Mortal Kombat. I can you can make the argument. Mario Kart 64 should have been the one that, uh, <laughs> that made it to this list. I've gone back and played the old Super Mario Kart. It is not that fun. It's not that fun with its mode seven driving graphics. <laughs> so, uh, before we get into topic of the week, we'll talk about the fucking Sonic movie. <laughs> you don't sound excited. This trailer was one of the worst fucking things I've ever seen in my entire life. 
It's so bad. It's that, so bad. that uh, And look, it's not even like Sonic's design at this point. Like, this is just a bad-looking movie. This movie looks terrible, man. Like, everything about it looks terrible. All right. First and foremost, Sonic looked atrocious to the point where the movie makers were like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll do it again. We'll, we'll make a do-over. Right. And <laughs> this the second, the biggest thing that I had a problem with, and if you guys are watching the video version... Uh, Micah coincidentally wore a very appropriate t-shirt to the podcast today because apparently Sonic has all the powers of the flash. He can tap into the speed force as, as electricity imbues through him as he runs. Uh, he can slow down. He, he can, he's so fast. I'm assuming that to the point where time appears to stop around him uh, at points in this trailer. And he also has Dr. Strange like portals uh, that, that his rings uh, become. Essentially, <laughs> sure. Now, look, I, this movie is not for us, nope. right? It is not who, for us. Who is it for? See, that's the thing, Micah. Who is this movie for? It is there, for? There are people. There are people that have been playing Sonic the Hedgehog games for literally the last twenty nine years, and I'm assuming that they are trying to do the catch all of getting both those fans who played it back on the Genesis because every hero has his Genesis. What a fucking <laughs> short way to fucking put that shit in there. But I'm assuming they're trying to get the full gamut of fans from, from the early Sonic fans to the young, ignorant children of today who don't know any better, but they enjoy Sonic because he's a delightfully cute, funny, blue game character. So who is this for, Micah? This this movie is for the children who who are ignorant to Sonic, right? And it's for people like my wife who have heard of Sonic the Hedgehog, but know nothing about it. Like, they're like, oh, okay. That's, I remember that. I remember that from my childhood. I don't really, I don't really recall ever playing it. She doesn't play games. But she'll see this and not, not that she has seen this. I'm just using her as an example. Uh, she'll see something like this and is like, oh, okay, maybe we could take our son to see this. No, no we're not. Now, here, now, here's the thing that may surprise you. I was thinking about this, and I, I, will throw, I will throw the gamut down. I will volunteer myself <laughs> to view this fucking atrocity when we get the screener for it, because that episode of Coming Distractions will be the funniest episode of Coming Distractions that currently exists when I tear this movie apart and rip it to shreds. You know what? I'm fine with that. I'm I it's it's worth me fucking spending <laughs> the, the most the most terrible hundred minutes of my life to destroy this movie and have it captured for all to see. I find it amusing on the internet. I find it amusing that you think this movie is gonna be a hundred minutes. No, this thing, this thing will be put. This thing will be going uh, eighty-eight minutes, tops, <laughs> including including uh, the ten minutes of trailer of uh, credits. This this movie looks that bad. This movie looks like a piece of shit, man. It looks very bad. Uh, Jim Carrey might be the only salvageable part of this movie, and that's because he's going to be playing Doctor Robotnik. But he's not playing Doctor Robotnik. He's just playing Jim Carrey. Yeah, he's um, Dr. Robotnik pet detective. That's right. What he's doing. Uh, James Marsden is a fellow who I like James Marsden personally. Um, <laughs> James, James Marsden is a is a watch enthusiast. So I like him based on that regard. 
there's not a single character that James Marsden plays that I like. I hate <laughs> every movie that he's in. And he's in this shit. <laughs> this is going to be really bad. Um, and and I so first for some reason people are like, why are you shitting on it? It's not for you. I'm shitting on it because it looks like shit. It looked like like that's that's you're right. That's not an argument, but it's the easiest argument to make when you don't know what you're talking about, right? Like because people have this thing where it's like, oh well, it's a kids movie, so it's supposed to be stupid. No, man. Like there well, are there are plenty really, of smart kids films out there. There are really good kids movies. Yeah. Pixar makes ninety percent of them, <laughs> but there are really good kids movies out there that are that are fine films, and you should want your kid to watch a fine film. You shouldn't want to your kid to just sit down and watch like whatever the fuck this is supposed to be. Now, at the same time, right, all these Sonic people who are like, oh, this sucks, bro, this sucks, bro, they're taking they're taking Sonic way too seriously because Sonic used to have a couple different cartoons back in the day, right? One of them was a Ren and Stimpy-type cartoon where shit was just wacky, right? And, and I think Julia White voiced that one, too. But then they had... Um, uh, a one that took place in like the future, and it was like a a, a resistance movement. Doctor Robotnik was you know stealing these animals and and make turning them into robots and shit. And Sonic was part of an underground resistance, and there was this like fox chick or whatever. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm gonna need you to calm down. It's a furry mascot. <laughs> like, we're not trying to save the world here, guys. Even though that's kind of the plot of the Sonic games, right? Save the world, save my friends. Yeah, to save all the woodland creatures or right. whatever. Like, like this could have been a smart, uh, a smart movie talking about saving animals and shit. You know, it could have been super heavy-handed, like Captain Planet is, right? But this could have been Peter's wet dream, right? But like they chose to make. Sonic the Hedgehog and Dr. Robotnik Pet Detective. I, I just it doesn't look like a good movie, period, man. No, and, and again, the director so so vehement about uh, their portrayal of Sonic that uh, he caved to immediate internet pressure to change the character design, <laughs> which fine. I mean, again, you might you might as well lean into the uh lean into the fans on this one um as much as you can because it's the yeah. only way this movie's making money. This movie's gonna fucking bomb. And I can't wait for that to happen. So I don't even know when it comes out. November. November. Oh, okay. November. So. All right. Right before Oscar season. Okay. And and again, I'm no Pokemon fan. Uh, Carrie's at the screener for Detective Pikachu tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure that movie is going to make this movie look like a fucking horse turd. <laughs> and so should it. Because that, I mean, at least Detective Pikachu is leaning into what Pokemon fucking is. So, uh, yeah. Before we move into top of the week, a uh, bit of housekeeping. Don't forget to go to youtube.com slash denpixels. Click the red subscribe button and ring the bell icon so you never miss the video that we post. Of course, you get this podcast and video format on there every week. Whenever I do stream, uh, it is on the Dense Pixels YouTube channel as well. So again, youtube.com slash densepixels. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our premium side of TNP Studios. It's densepixels.com slash premium. Just $5 a month or $50 for the entire year. Uh, we just concluded recording yesterday a rip-roaring episode of The Men with the Golden Tongues uh, where we viewed and reviewed the uh, one of the finest films in the Mission Impossible franchise, 
uh, Mission Impossible Part Two, aka the most impossible of impossible white man action films. <laughs> it's really funny, man. Like, like you all need to watch that movie and then listen to this episode. It's yeah. wow. It should be out late this week, uh, but we will uh, we will see you there. And again, you also got to look forward. You got the airing grievances and you got no time to bleed. Uh, so again, densepixels.com slash premium for that. And no matter what app you use to get your podcast, uh, make sure you subscribe to this show, Nerdpocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, and Coming Distractions so that you can check out all of the content that TNP Studios is delivering to you. So... Topic of the week, uh, the big thing for me last week and for most of us, I guess, was the Borderlands 3 gameplay reveal uh, that they had out in Los Angeles and had a bunch of streamers come as well. So we've been getting constant content drips on that throughout the week. Uh, I said it when they showed the trailer uh, that I was already at peak excitement for Borderlands. You guys were a little bit more skeptical uh, because you were smart and not dumb. Uh <laughs> I hope that we are all fucking on board, ready to rock, rock and roll after this gameplay reveal. Event. Yeah, this is all I really needed. Um, it it looks it one it looks like Borderlands, which is which is a good thing, um, because this art style is so very um, unique. Um, I'm not. I wasn't expecting like a ton of graphical upgrades but like but more so of 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 i wasn't expecting the design to change um but it looks like there's more things on screen like there's it looks like there are more things to do the world looks a lot more colorful and 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 then we got into uh the different types of the the different builds that you can do yeah, that's uh, that's arguably the thing I'm most excited about. So for those uh, that may be tangentially familiar with Borderlands but aren't intimately familiar with it, in the old games, every character had like an action skill that you would unlock immediately. And then they had three skill trees uh, that you would upgrade in. Uh, you could do a little bit in everything, which usually wasn't a smart idea, or you could pick kind of one path for the character and upgrade um, specific aspects of them. Uh, this is essentially using the same system uh, with some much welcome tweaks because now instead of one action skill, uh, each character is going to have three action skills that you can freely switch between as the game goes along. And then each action skill uh, will have its own skill tree that you build in. That is uh, very promising for for people who like to uh, create builds and min-max and all that good stuff. And the they they really showcased the uh, Siren, Amara. Um, I was very happy to see that she has like a phase lock like Maya, because I really enjoyed that. Um, she's yeah. got kind of... A lot of got, folks were worried about that when they saw the trailer, because they thought that they were getting a melee-only... Um, Siren, but and no, I, I was worried. I was one of them. Like I, I was like, ah, I don't want to melee only Siren, and I didn't. And I, I didn't like um, Lilith's uh, action skill in the first game. Like I never quite understood it, where she just kind of with a screen, just because she she walks in through phase, and then you can you know turn it off and then have an explosion next to you. But I, I, I didn't really, I didn't really like it. So. Amara's 
one of Amara's skills is kind of like that, but she throws the 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 specter like out at you. Um, that doesn't seem fun, but the the phase lock is familiar enough. And then the melee one, while I thought the melee one was going to be like, I mean, it essentially is a super punch. It it feels different from brick, which is which is why I'm I'm happy because I didn't like bricks either. I think brick just kind of. I'm mad, and then just started, you know, throwing punches or whatever. But mm, it looks good, man. And I really didn't want to use uh, the like assassin archetype um, because I've done that in the other games. I wanted to try something new to start out with for this one. Mm-hmm. But after seeing Zane, man, I don't know. I like, know. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing, the cool, the thing that's cool about Zane is that he can forego his grenade. Uh, slot and instead have two action skills equipped. And Yo, come on, <laughs> he, ha- he has the decoy which Zero had in the first game. That was basically a decoy that, and you'd go invis to, to just distract fire from you. Well, Zane's decoy not only can shoot and deal damage, uh, but you can also swap positions with the decoy freely. That's basically cool, at any time. So That's cool, man. really fun, cool. He has like a drone that can fly out and fucking kill stuff. Um, I don't even remember what his other skill is because it probably doesn't matter that much because the other those those two by themselves are fucking awesome, right? And you can have them at the same time. Come on, man! Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need Zane to get a different head though. I need to see the different heads for Zane. That's fine. Um, I'm also super stoked about the fucking um, the uh, the, like the fact like the guns look awesome. Like even the fucking like green and blue guns that they were showing in this beta look were fucking awesome. Yeah. And people and I've I've followed a bunch of streamers and and listened to a lot of folks that have played it that were at the event and they said even like the white guns felt good. Like that like and and that's one thing that uh Gearbox purposefully uh wanted to do is make sure that even your the early guns you get still feel awesome because they want you to have fun playing the game and don't want you to deal with just shitty weapons. Uh, from the onset, essentially. Yeah, nobody likes getting um, nobody likes a pistol dropping, just like a pistol that looks like a pistol. You know what I mean? It just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't feel right in this game and and uh, it looks like they're having fun. Like, it must be a blast to be on like the do gun design for this game. It's, um, it's tough too. You want to have a lot of unique stuff. So Yeah, especially when you have over a billion guns. So the the alt fire modes look cool. Um, they showed one weapon that you can fire like tracking darts, and then you can just shoot anywhere, and the the bullets will just fly at the person that you marked. Um, you know the Malawan weapons you can switch between different elements on the fly. Uh, the TDR weapons when you in the old games when you reloaded them, you would throw it throw the gun out, and it would be a grenade. Well, now you can throw it out, and it'll be like walking turrets and stuff like that, uh, which is fucking crazy. Um, yeah, it just looks really, really there's goddamn a, fun. There's a missile that you can guide with your reticle. It like, th- I'm, I'm, I'm officially hyped for this. Mm-hmm. I'm officially hyped for this game. And, um, and no microtransactions, right? Well, what's, let's, let's hold off on that. Cause I still want to talk about new shit that we saw. Um, yeah. they showed the, the level scaling and how it works when you are oh, yeah. like a lower level, when you're, when you're playing with a friend, um, basically you still see ba- it, like your friend 
on in your eyes will do less damage, but in his eyes, he still sees like he's doing the regular amount of damage, and you both will get loot that is appropriate to your level that you can both use, which is nice. Um, you have well, a spaceship. That's an, that's an optional mode. Like, it is optional. Yeah. If you if you want to if you want to power level your friend, you can you can do that. Um, power leveling is a pain in the ass. Um, but you can play classic Borderlands. I do. I I do like the level scaling, man. Because I'm, you know, I suck. I'm not going <laughs> to be on a lot. But when I'm on, I want to play with people. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Sanctuary is now a ship uh, that you can fly from planet to planet. Because as we discussed previously for this game, there are multiple worlds that you can do. Um, you'll be able to change your character just like you could in Borderlands 2, which is nice. The game's a lot more gory than it was before. Um, play like other like NPCs can revive you in the field. Uh, and you can revive NBCs. Um, it could be a lot more bosses in this one. Apparently, they said like a lot more bosses than there had been in the previous games, which is uh, also pretty cool as well. I think. Um, yeah, like I said, just it, it looks fucking fun. Um, it's exactly what we've been looking for. Uh, the humor's still there. If you were worried that some, I don't know why you'd be worried, but if you're worried for some reason that the writing wasn't going to be up to par, and you know what my problem, what I thought was going to happen was I thought I was just going to be kind of over it. Like I, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought that I, I wouldn't find it funny anymore because I've you know my sense of humor might have changed over the past five years. And then they introduced zero and did a math joke. And then I was all in. I'm like, well, <laughs> like his name is Zero, but ironically, he div- he he occasionally uh, uh, divides. And I'm like, yo, come on, yo, come on. You get me with a math joke. I'm all in. Oh, and also just the quality of life stuff. Like it's this is such a reverent, stupid shit. But like, if if you've played the other games, like it's really appreciated. Like you can now mantle on ledges, which you've never been able to do. Before in Borderlands, you can slide, which you've never been able to do. When you walk up to an ammo vending machine, you can press one button to just reload all of your ammo, essentially, instead of having to go into the menu and do it that way. Um, The fonts look cleaner. Like, you can actually read the little pop-ups on the guns, um, which is nice, because, you know, if you didn't have an HDTV before, uh, (laughs) it could be really fucking difficult to do that shit. Um, Ammo and cash is picked up automatically. You don't even have to press square. Yeah, to, to get that stuff like it just it just fucking flies to you when you get near it so yeah that that shit is good um and, and very nice that they fix those quality of life features because even though like i understand like the old games came out at you know it's been seven years at this point almost since borderlands 2 came out um that's that's just stuff you got to fix in this day and age uh but yes let's talk about no microtransactions uh in borderlands 3 as randy pitchford ceo of gearbox proclaimed on stage during the reveal event only for 2K to be like, hey, there are not going to be any play-to-win microtransactions. There are not going to be any like free-to-play style microtransactions. But we're going to have microtransactions, you know, where you can get like cosmetics and stuff like that, but only cosmetics. So Game Informer writes a story, uh, and here is the here's the quote that they that they tweeted out. Um. this is their tweet verbatim despite gearbox ceo randy pitchford's comments about no microtransactions and again he literally said on stage there will be no microtransactions to a huge applause during this event 
Uh, in Borderlands 3 during today's live stream, we've been told cosmetic items are still purchasable. <laughs> Fine headline. Randy Pitchford obviously misspoke a little bit. Like he got, you know, caught up in the moment, caught up with the crowd, wanted the applause line. Yeah, he threw thought, it out there. You know, he was thinking one thing, something else came out. Technically, like, you know, but yeah, like you said, like you said, he wanted the applause because that's who Randy fucking Pitchford is. He's a he's a he's a needy son of a bitch who just needs needs people to love him. So here's the problem. He replied to this uh, with a 12 tweet thread. (laughs) This is Randy Pitchford being on brand. Here's the quote. Come on, guys. Shitty clickbait headline. Literally seconds before I said that, I made it very clear that we're going to do more cosmetic stuff like we did in Borderlands 2. You know what I you know I was talking about premium currency and loot boxes kind of stuff not being in our game. No, we didn't. You literally said no yeah. microtransactions. Sorry for taking you at your word, bro. And then and then his his second his second tweet, why you guys would fuck me on this is beyond me. Thanks a lot. Yo, yo, calm down, dude. It's like, not even that serious. It really isn't, man. It really isn't. Like people are hyped about your game and you're and you're you're the worst pitch man ever. <laughs> God damn it, dude. Like I want to like you, man, but you're just such a fucking douche. And, and like I said, like he's playing semantics because like Andy McNamara, who's the editor in chief of Game Informer, said he basically posted the story, like a screenshot of the story on Twitter, and challenged fucking uh, challenged him and said, "Hey, here's the story. Tell me what's incorrect. Tell me what is muddled. What's confusing about this? These are all quotes from you and your team." And Randy was like, but the confusion around the world microtransaction is not the issue for me. The issue is that the tweet using the word despite and then claiming a contradiction incited your readers to believe there was intent to mislead. You told me personally you do not believe that. Randy Pitchford made this a way bigger story than it ever was going to be if he, he hadn't fucking had a, had a hissy he on Twitter. Really, he really did, man. He really did. And it just it makes it makes me not... I won't say it won't make me not want to play your game, but it kind of it puts like knowing that my money is going to go to you just kind of puts a I don't know, man. I don't know. I just don't like that guy, man. I got a bad feeling about that guy. Well, again, he and he, he like it's the, the big problem is he fucking like th- he chases down people for the smallest slights online yeah, on Twitter. Man. And again, this would not have been nearly as big of a problem. This would not have been nearly as big of an issue had he not made a big deal about this. I think people kind of like under, I think under, I think if uh, there, there would have been a few people that have been like, you said no microtransactions and there's microtransactions. You fucking liar. Like there would have been some people that would have been like that. But, but for the most people, I think they would have understood, Hey, I, I knew he was, I knew what he meant, even though, you know, he said, he said the wrong thing. Yeah. He could have just left it alone. Because he took offense to a fair headline, because again, if you go back and watch the video on stage, he literally says no microtransactions. There, there's no gray area in that statement. He, he, he led into the statement, be like, "Oh, we're gonna have like lots of new cosmetics and stuff like that, so you can change the look." But we're not gonna, we're not gonna do microtransactions. No microtransactions. 
And the fact that he points out that he said that and then said micro, no microtransactions makes him seem duplicitous, man. I, I don't, I don't know, man. I just like you, you, your company does good stuff, man. Like just call, if you have just came out and said, you know, Hey, he could come out and say, Hey, I got a little caught up on stage with what I said. What I meant to say is we're not going to have like loot boxes and shit like that, but yeah, you will right. be able to buy, you know, specific, you know, certain cosmetic only uh, transactions with premium currency that that do not affect gameplay whatsoever. That you know don't that shouldn't affect your enjoyment of the game. But instead, you made a mountain out of a molehill, man. And now you've brought like you've brought undue comment uh, controversy onto onto this game that you guys have worked so hard for, man. I just and and his thing is that like he was hurt because like they've been building up to this you know release and this reveal for the last several years, and and he feels like it's being mired by you know people being unfair in their reporting and that's not the case man like i'm sorry but you'd be you're you're pretty tone deaf if you're in 2019 and don't think people are going to react uh touch to you know paid content for launch yeah look at look at the world we've been living in for the past year and a half since battlefront 2 so yeah and look man i'm one of the people that buys all that fucking you know cosmetic shit like when i found out that you can buy like like cosmetics and stuff. I wasn't like upset or anything like that. Like I'm, I'm your target demo, man. But like, just calm down. I think that's, his, I think that's my thing with him is that you just, you've got no reason to feel personally attacked by anything. Right. Like, well, I look, I don't know that guy's life. Right. But from, from my point of view, it doesn't look like he has anything to be, personally attacked by like and i understand like you're working hard on something and i get you know like the point that you made like he's he he might feel like uh you know he 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 might feel like some kind of way because they're working really hard for this but just play it cool man yep just play cool and stop and stop lying (laughs) (laughs) so yeah borderlands 3 uh looks like borderlands 3 and another thing that really stuck out by the way too is they a lot of the 2k folks talked about how patient and how kind of like letting them do their thing 2k games has been with them that's why they've let them develop this game for five years and that's why when we're first seeing it it's basically in a beta state for lack of a better term This goes to show you when you're not, you know, fucking super concerned with making, you know, yearly financials and worried about your investors more than your developers, what can happen? Yeah. A nice lesson for for today's uh, day and age. You can you can present a game in in a way that it is supposed to be presented and uh, and get everybody hyped the proper way, man. Um, And look, I've I've gone on record as saying that I thought this game was going to be fucking destiny. Like single player destiny, right? Like I thought they were gonna make it some sort of live, not single player destiny, but like like a live service destiny game. You know what I mean? And I am I can't I I'm so happy to be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'm officially hyped. I got my uh like I thought I got my hundred dollar edition ready. Like let's fucking do this, man. Well, I, I do agree that everyone else should be looking forward to Borderlands 3. And when you go purchase your copy of Borderlands 3, 
do it at densepixels.com slash Amazon. You will pay the same low Amazon price for your game, but you do help support your favorite video game podcast when you do it. So again, densepixels.com slash Amazon. And thank you to everyone that uses our Amazon affiliate link. So it is Dense Pixels Post Office time. Uh, let us get right into this. Well, I really wish Terrence was here. Um, I'm going to read two responses together. Uh, Amir asked, has Terrence beaten Sekiro yet? Which is one of the easiest Platinums I've ever gotten, by the way. <laughs> to which Jay replied, will Terrence attempt multiple Hurricane Ranas on Amir on site for talking shit about getting a Platinum for Sekiro? <laughs> now, you may think that we're going to focus in on the fact that Terrence probably gave up on Sekiro because it was too hard uh, and did not end up finishing the game. But I'm not. I've been noticing here that Jay has been littering in wrestling parlance into many of his Facebook comments and commentaries on the various podcasts. And he's doing it on purpose. And it's freaking me out <laughs> because Jay, because Jay sounds like a bona fide true blue wrestling fan. Now I know he watched with you during the attitude era, uh, yeah. during the heyday of wrestling. Yes. But it's it just, it's just wigging me out a little bit. Micah. it's weird to me. He uh he used to watch it. He said he was going to start watching it again, which is um you picked a you picked a hell of a time to start. Um, given that you know all the controversy or whatever is going on in wrestling right now, but uh yeah, he said he'd start watching it again, and I I for one welcome uh this newly this new wrestling fan uh, Jay dropping dropping references to. Rick Flair's retirement match and and uh, Hurricane Rana's and I'm like, what? I don't even know this guy anymore. <laughs> uh, Amir also asked if we'll hear more about the Square Avengers game at E3. Uh, considering that Square stepped up and took the PlayStation slot uh, for press conferences, they fucking better. Because <laughs> if you ain't bringing heat in that slot, then you are going to be the embarrassment and shame of the video game world. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see uh yeah square better be bringing fire to take that uh to, to take the big boy spot uh like that but we shall see what happens uh andy posted is the xbox one sad right for me uh he posted a screen cap of his current speedtest.net speeds uh out there in winnemucca nevada <laughs> uh andy's internet of course is blazing uh with a download speed of 6.51 megabytes per second and an upload speed of 0.66 megabytes per second, uh, which would be fantastic speeds if we were in like 2002. <laughs> don't get the Xbox one sad, Andy, or you will be very sad. Yeah. I don't, I don't think this is uh, I don't think this is the right thing for you. Uh, will asks, what is stopping Nintendo? from putting SNES games in the Switch store? The answer is nothing. Nothing's stopping them. They're just keeping you on the hook. Yeah, for uh, the inevitable um, second edition of uh, the SNES Classic. Oh, I, I, think they'll, I think they'll add SNES into the uh, Nintendo Switch Online app at some point. Really? Yeah. I, there's no reason for them not to. I guess not. So... Uh, Leopoldo says, show your age, Game Genie or Code Breakers. Uh, the answer, of course, is Game Genie. Game Genie, buddy. Yeah. 
That's code that's breakers. how that's how old we are. That was code breakers. Code breakers is what Game Genie uh, is, is like the the kids version of the Game Genie. Like like if you if, if you came of age in video games in the PlayStation Two GameCube era, uh, you had Code Breakers or Game Shark. Uh, huh. Also, was a famous one. I remember Game Shark. Yeah. Um, Shark. Micah, I feel like that this question is specifically catered for you from Stuart. Nicolas Cage stars in a video game. What genre is it? And what's the plot? Well, it's got to be something where he's talking a lot, right? Like, because, like, that's... And something something where his face is prominent, right? Like, because you got to... That's where the moneymaker is. So I'm thinking... Um, off the top of my head, like a David Cage style game. Like, can you imagine Nicolas Cage and all of his overacting glory spewing the the crap that comes from the mind of David Cage? I could actually. That's for you. You probably have the correct answer. Yeah, man. Like, like that is that is it, man. I want to control Nicolas Cage. In 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 a in a David Cage production, that would be pretty fucking. <laughs> actually, I, I would I would need him to have all of his Nicolas Cage isms though. Yes, uh, absolutely. As well, so absolutely, very good. Okay. Make it a dual role. Who cares? <laughs> John, make it a, make it a triple role. Have him play like estranged or 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 separated at birth, like triplets, and and they're all and they all happen to like come together in some way, shape, or form. There you go. Like some crazy science fiction story. Yeah, but all of them like grew up in different like environments. So they're all fucking like like emo Nick Cage and Wall Street Nick Cage and like and like hippie Nick Cage. You know what I mean? Like you need three different cages at a time. I just thought about this. What if what if Nicolas Cage was the was the villain in Mission Impossible 2? Would have been would have been an all-timer. Oh my god. I mean it would have been the best movie ever. Q <laughs> <laughs> I am gagging for it. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, listen listen to Better with the Golden Tongues, please. You know, I can't wait for y'all to hear it, man. It's gonna be very good. Um we'll we'll end with Cam. Uh, he says, for reasons that he can't go into here, uh, he has to get a new Nintendo Switch. Should he get one of the current models or wait until the rumored new one comes out later this year? Now, he- here's the thing. Um, the one that's rumored, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, is more of a like handheld-only version. Um, and I don't think they're doing like a Switch HD, especially not this soon. At, in the system's life cycle, so I would just get one now. Yeah, um, they're they're readily available. Um, the whole point of the switch is to you know switch between handheld and console. If the rumor pans out that um, that it's going to be handheld, you know, only, uh, what's the point? Um, and look, the the switch is the switch does what what you kind of needed to do in terms of um, having an old console. And then it's even better, you know, just a, it's a better option to have one to go. So yeah, just, just get one. Well, that, and that's the thing. Like what, what is a switch HD 
actually going to do for you? Like 1080p on the handheld? Okay, the screen's six right. inches. You're <laughs> right. not gonna. It's, you're not gonna really notice it all that much. Right. Um, faster processing. It's not like it's slow right now as right. it is. Um, yeah, I can't see any reason why why you'd want to uh, why you'd want to wait. Just get it now. Yeah, go ahead and get it now. So, so that's it. Uh, thank you guys for all submitting questions. Uh, and like I said, we do the post office whenever we can. And that's me for our show. So don't forget to follow us on our fan group, densepixels.com slash fans. Uh, if you would like to submit questions to us, that's where the post office post goes uh, when we do post it up there. So again, densepixels.com slash fans. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media by searching at densepixels. Whatever podcatcher you use, uh, subscribe to our show as well as the other Team PQ Studio shows. Uh, subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash densepixels. Uh, follow us on Twitch. Terrence is Apparition 410. Um, Micah is Dense Black Nerd. Carrie is Suppets Carrie. And I am Dense Pixels Brad. So... That is it for us this week. Uh, Thank you all very much for listening and watching. We'll see you all next time. See ya.